1: Hi folks, and welcome to episode 106 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bushots, and this is the show for June 2022. I am joined this month by a fantastic panel, and given that July 4th is upon us, it's an appropriately American panel as well. So uh, in no particular order, first up is Alison Sheridan from the NoCillaCast. Welcome back, Alison. Hey, Bart, I get to do, uh, is this two in a row, I think? It just might be, although this time we got you some company. So instead of just being one-on-one as the three of us today, so we are also joined by Adam Christensen from the Maccast. Hi, Adam. Hey, how you doing? I actually showed up this time.
2: <laughs> it's always a pleasure <laughs> when you do. It's always a pleasure when you do. I've been invited in the past and and, and not for that. Sorry, I think I muted
1: myself. I was just going to say, I think you just uh, you <laughs> hit the wrong button there. Um, these, these things happen to all of us, Adam, um, especially when we're in the chaos of moving house and all such things. that. uh I, I'm I'm 18 months into my, my new house and there are still three boxes. I promise they will get unpacked at some stage, I think.
0: I moved in 1990 <laughs> and I'm still tired. <laughs> it
1: was exhausting. Right? Yeah.
2: Oh. I, we had still had stuff that was not unpacked from our last move. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was just able to be moved.
1: It was nice and easy. Oh, was perfect. You were thinking ahead. That's yes, very clever of you. Anyway, let us digest a month's worth of Apple news. Um... Let us start with some follow-ups from stories we have covered before, uh, starting with a quick update on the Pegasus slash NSO group. Um, The EU are in the process of doing a report, or an investigation, apologies, and they have released an interim report where they say that the NSO group admits that five EU countries were their customers and uh, the software was inappropriately used. And they know they're, or sorry, they're not sure that that's the full list. They're still looking for more, which is charming. And uh, we also have then news broken uh, the Google uh, one of Google's teams found a spyware being sold by an Italian company that was uh, attacking both Android and iOS. And the interesting thing about the iOS was that it was coming in using um a fake enterprise certificate, basically or well, not a fake certificate, a genuine certificate inappropriately used. Um so they were basically social engineering people into sideloading um with the enterprise certificate. Uh, And the solution was quite straightforward for Apple. They revoked the Enterprise Certificate. So the malware has now been nipped in the bud. And one assumes the Apple developer IDs associated with this Italian company are gone, gone, gone.
0: It's Uh, funny that they keep trying that, right, to use the Enterprise
1: Certificate. And it's like, no, we can just turn this little switch. Bye bye. I think the thing is, if you only use it sparingly against very high value targets, you may get away with it for quite some time. Get it just until right. Yeah, it's a very hard yeah. balancing act, right? It's like a zero day that's worth a million dollars. If you don't use it at all, you're wasted a million dollars. But if you use it too much, you're going to waste a million dollars because as soon as you're noticed, it will be killed. So it's it's a, yeah, it's good a difficult point. one. Not that I have any what sympathy do our, for them,
2: but you know. What do our friends Dave and John say? Don't get caught.
1: Don't get caught. Yeah. What's the other classic? is easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Well, if you don't get caught, you don't have to. Anyway. Uh, Apple continue to come under regulatory pressure. Uh, In the United Kingdom, the pressure is being turned up by the Competition and Markets Authority, who have opened an investigation to both Google and Apple – Again, the focus is the app stores, but this is actually a little bit more technically competent than most. They are looking into the effects that Apple's stance on mobile gaming is having and on their WebKit only rule for browsers. So that is not an investigation we have heard in other countries, so at least they're being original. Um, and we shall see what they come up with. The Germans are, on the other hand, being daft. They are joining the long club of European countries where the traditional media hold a lot of sway in investigating app tracking transparency because it is anti-competitive because it punishes companies whose business model involves on being dishonest. And clearly, protecting a dishonest business model is more important to the French and the Germans than protecting privacy. Not that I'm on my high horse or anything, but uh, anyway.
0: That's kind of surprising. Usually the Germans are the ones leading the way on privacy, right?
1: Yeah. And there are definitely arms of the German government very much doing that. But this isn't one of those, I guess, you know, there are, yeah, someone somewhere got to someone and got them to do a very, very silly thing. Uh, but uh, not to be outdone in silliness. Um We have four Democratic senators who raced to the nearest microphone when Roe v. Wade was overturned in order to attack Apple and Google because of tracking, and they decided to focus their attention on the IDFA, which is in fact a mechanism for giving users control over tracking, as opposed to what they are pretending it is, which is a mechanism for enabling tracking. So that's wrong-headed, 180 degrees, just stop. But anyway, quite cranky about that. That's one. really disappointing. It is, especially because some of those senators are usually the names that appear next to sensible proposals that go nowhere as opposed to silly yeah, proposals it, that go nowhere.
0: Yeah, it didn't look like the list of usual um lesser educated people. It looked <laughs> the, oddly the like intelligent who ask, people who read it backwards.
1: You know, like the ones who ask Mr. Zuckerberg how he makes his money. Those those kind of ones. <laughs> I think that's still one of my favourite moments of testimony because the look on Zuckerberg's face is like, you don't know I sell ads?
0: <laughs> I forgot about that one. That's great.
2: Uh, uh, yeah. Technology is hard for a lot of senators, uh, I feel.
1: Yeah, that's why they're yeah. supposed to have staffers who are supposed to you know, help yeah. them with their homework. Meanwhile, we do have some resolution on previous bouts of regulatory pressure. Uh, the Dutch have decided that Apple have now complied sufficiently and will stop finding them every week. Uh, and the South Koreans have agreed that Apple can do the same thing in South Korea that they're doing in Holland, sorry, in the Netherlands. Uh, and basically that means there is a limited set of pre-approved third-party processors and there will be a 26% commission. So the 4%... Ooh, they
0: get an extra percent.
1: Basically, Apple are saying 4% of what you charge you is for the credit card processing. The rest is for you using our platform to reach millions of people easily.
0: That's going to make everybody crazy that the Dutch accepted that, right? Because a lot of people saw that as a sarcastic slap back by Apple, but it only made sense to me that they would do exactly that, that they would say, "Okay, take the credit card processing fee off the top. Everything else is what we're worth.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the the claim was never it costs us 30 percent to process credit cards. (laughs) They never (laughs) pretended that because that would have been a very silly thing to say.
0: Right. I mean, you may not like it. You might think it's highway robbery. I'm not arguing whether it is or sure. is not, but it's the only logical answer they could have given. And now the Dutch have gone, yep, that's what we wanted. Yeah. or you... That's
1: what we'll accept. I'm not sure I sure yeah. go quite so far as we wanted, but they have accepted it. And the, the Koreans, mm-hmm. the South Koreans as well. I feel
2: it. Like, yeah, it's the latter for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah.
1: Uh, And then one of our main stories uh, last time was the uh, moves afoot for unionization within Apple's staff. And that has definitely continued into this month. Um, Although it started, the, the first bit of news we got was that Apple decided that it was okay to be more flexible with working hours for their store employees, which was very nice of them. And I'm sure it was not at all related to the unionization pressure. Uh, we talked last time that the vote in Atlanta had been cancelled. Well, the union was pretty quick to a microphone about 10 minutes after we recorded to say, no, not cancelled, postponed. It's like, Okay, sorry about that. Uh, meanwhile, the Communications Workers of America will actually be who is representing Grand Central Store Union. Uh, workers, not Workers United. I'm sure that means something to Americans. It's acronym soup to me, but okay. Just
2: different different union organizations.
1: Workers United seems more general. Communications Workers of America for people who work at a retail store seems odd to me as a city foreigner. But what do I know? Yeah, are, it's, are all it's, of these? Oh, sorry, Adam, go ahead. I was just going to say it's, it's
2: really you have different union organizations and it's always interesting when you have businesses that are sort of not fitting into a specific union. And so they just try to like get them in. Okay, this union is the closest thing we have. So we're going to put them in this one. So
0: is it just the uh, retail workers? It's not
1: programmers and developers and stuff?
2: Correct. Yeah, it's the retail locations.
1: Mostly true, although we will get to Surrey a little bit later. There are a few others about to join them shortly. Meanwhile, though, the next bit of news that happened union related is on the entire other side of the Atlantic in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, Apple stores workers are seeking to form the first Apple, or sorry, the first Apple union in the UK, which is a much more union-friendly country. So my biggest surprise here is that none of the Apple places in the UK had unionized before because trade unions are a very British thing. Hmm. Uh, meanwhile, uh, to get to your question, Alison, uh, Apple TV Plus workers are also trying to unionize. Um, I think they're also going with the communications workers, if memory serves. Meanwhile, the single biggest, I have very much buried the lead here, the single biggest piece of news is that one store has now actually, genuinely and completely unionized. The retail store in Maryland and Tosin, or I'm going to pronounce it as Tosin or Tucson. It's not Tucson because that's in Arizona. I don't know. Tosin? What would you guys say? I'd say Tosin. You'd say Tosin. I'll go with that. I'd be guessing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Actually, knowing the knowing the East Coast, it's probably Twirly Bob or something. <laughs> <Just> that,
1: <laughs> if Arkansas can be room. Arkansas, T-O-W-S-O-N can be Tweedledee, yeah. <laughs> anyway, they have succeeded in voting for and approving a union and they have finished all of the paperwork. So they are now officially a union and they are sitting across the table waiting for Apple to come join the conversation. And a little birdie has told some reporters that Apple will indeed do that, although we haven't had an official statement. Uh, Meanwhile, we have had an official statement from uh, a certain President Obama, or not Obama, Biden, sorry, uh, who is, quote, proud of the first Apple store to unionise.
0: Interesting. Yeah, he's very pro-union.
1: Yeah, he's from a very union-y place, right? Uh, The steel belt? Evidently. Meanwhile, um, Tim Cook has admitted in an interview that uh, Apple may have to change their remote working policy because it is, quote, the mother of all experiments, which is certainly an honest thing of Tim to say. Um,
0: I thought the United States was the mother of all experiments. <laughs> and that is a
1: very positive way to look at a young country, in my opinion. Uh, I always liked that the <laughs> Founding Fathers described it as, as a grand experiment, I believe was the term they used. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I always liked that.
0: I have so many. I could sit in a room by myself and argue for two or three hours straight on whether it's good or bad to have remote work. And I could, I could argue blended, and I could argue all one way, and I could argue all the other way, and I could give you both sides of all three of those scenarios.
1: Well, my answer is yes, because I, (laughs) I am now blended, and I find there is great value in the days I'm at home, and there is great value in the days I'm in the office. It's just different. And being without, Um, being without is bad either way, in my opinion. Sorry, Adam.
2: Uh, no, no. I've been uh, remote now for two years and will continue because my company is now full remote. We do not have an office or going to office. They're trying to do some blended stuff. But, I mean, I'm in a completely different state now and actually about a third of the company is. So, it's interesting. But it's working out very, very well for us. Just pure work from home. Although, I will admit some people have a harder time than others.
1: I think it's a personality thing as well. Um, well,
0: and if you have little kids at home and, uh, you know, <laughs> all the all the life distractions or.
1: That is yeah. true, because for me, it's an island of solitude where I can get focus work done, <laughs> whereas for mm-hmm. other colleagues, it is not. And I, there is nothing close to solitude waiting for them at home. <laughs>
0: Let me give you my daughter's phone number. She and her husband both have COVID right now and have both children home with them, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And and then let's chat about how well work from home works. Oh, goodness me.
1: (laughs) Oh, goodness, goodness me. Yeah.
0: They basically took all the toys out and just dumped them all in the living room and said, have at it. (laughs) It's, It's basically Lord of the Flies there right now.
1: As long as this room is still standing when you're all done, we'll be good. I, yep, I, I had the lucky
2: thing that this new place that we bought I, I have a whole separate building that is mine
1: oh, so nice. building wow I thought I was doing well with a whole separate room that's I really take that. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah that. me too <laughs> okay and then one final bit of regulatory related stuff the USBC thing is gathering pace as well um, the European Parliament and the Council of Ministers have come to a formal agreement to move forward with the USBC mandate in the EU so that it hasn't It's not finally final, but it's final, Um, so that is going to happen. So by the end of 2024, uh, mobile phones and similar size devices, tablets as well, will have to be USB-C charging. It's not USB only, it just has to be that one of the things you can do is shove a USB cable into it and it will take a charge. Um, The idea being that you have a standard charger and you can still have things like MagSafe as extra, you know, Better options for at home or whatever, but everything has to be able to do USB C and, and. Doesn't
0: Apple still sell a a, a Lightning iPad? It might I feel like one of do, them. Do, no, even I, the iPad, nothing.
1: I, I think. I think you're right. I think. I, I think at least some of them are still like oh, the iPad. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I like that. The I, original t- iPad,
2: I can't remember. You're right. I can't remember if it's been updated. It's assumed the next version of that will be updated, though. So, like, this entire thing from an Apple perspective, in my opinion, is, you know, iPhones, not this year, but probably next year, we're going to be USB C anyway. So, it's going to be a non issue. And
1: 2024 is the year after next. Um oh, okay. And yeah, then, the iPad. Nothing is still Lightning, by the way. I was
0: just one. I was going to ask: Is it is it okay to include a Lightning to USB C dongle? Does that count?
1: I I haven't read, and again, because it hasn't actually gone through the final vote yet, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, okay. I have actually been in touch with my EU uh, members of Parliament on this because the original legislation had no mechanism for updating, which meant <laughs> that it would have been USB C forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Um, it's always that way, right? Uh, right. So I wrote there, all we're f- done. Yeah, I wrote all five of my members of parliament, and one of them was good enough to reply and said that you're not the first person to mention this issue. I have formally raised it; it will be addressed before it comes to a final vote. And I went, "Thank you very much, sir." Did your jaw hit the ground? Nope. That's because awesome. It, look, in Irish politics, the party considered to be the extremists or Sinn Fein, they were the the political offshoot of what was the IRA. They are the only party who actually answer constituents, reliably, whether it is your town council, your national parliament, or your European representative. If you send an email to one of your Sinn Féin representatives, they answer every time. 100% success, rate.
0: How interesting. Steve got a response to, um, I think it was a privacy issue from our Congress critter. And the person wrote back in quite... A lot of detail, agreeing 100% with what Steve said and said, yes, I will be pushing for that.
1: Excellent. I always like it when that uh, happens. It's always nice.
0: Yeah.
1: I even respect it when they write back and say, I actually have a very different opinion and my expert advice is the opposite, but thank you for your letter. I was like, well, you know, okay. At least
0: they were listening, yeah. They were listening. I mean, no, I'm, I'm back to the USBC thing. Mm-hmm. I can't help but feel like, don't these people have more pressing issues? Like, wouldn't this have yes. worked itself out on its own?
1: Yes, because when this process started a decade ago, there were 27 connectors. There are now three. <laughs> one of which is dying, which is USB, not uh, C, micro, micro, nano, yeah. whatever the heck one it is. Annoying. Annoying USBC and lightning. Annoying. Yeah, USB C, you know, USB annoying, and lightning are the only three left. So <laughs> they have solved a problem that doesn't really exist anymore. Well done. The Brazilians, though, are all on board too. They have also uh, proposed a standard enforcing uh, USB-C charging for iPhones. And uh, in the US, a collection of senators very similar to the previous collection of senators um, is also in favour of a mandate for USB-C charging. And I forgot to say that in Europe, 40 months after the official vote, it will be required for laptops as well as mobile devices. So, but they so what I want
2: time. to know with something like this, okay, so it's it sounds great in theory, right? But we're years away from it being enforced, and we know how technology progresses. So does that mean we're stuck with USB-C connectors for forever, even if, you know, the technology behind it is changed? You know, it's, does, do companies stay with that, or do they go, no, nope, we have this new thing, it's better, it's smaller, it's faster, uh, we're going to do that?
1: That would be interesting to see. That would be interesting to see because I have a feeling we're going away from physical connectors. So this whole, maybe it's not a problem if the only physical connector is USB-C because maybe we're going away from all of that. And we just have like, you know, we put stuff on tables and it magically charges.
0: Oh, now here's an interesting, uh, does it say if there is a connector, it must be USB-C or does it say there has to be a USB-C connector?
1: I also haven't, I ha- because we don't have the final final, I actually don't know the answer to that yet.
0: Because I just see that Apple says, OK, fine, no connectors. And they go, no, no, you have to put it in.
1: <laughs> there is there is stuff like very small devices are exempt. And I think stuff that only charges uh, what they call wirelessly, although there's plenty of wires mm-hmm. involved, um, is I, I believe there's already an exception in there for stuff that's chi like So it's already got asterisks on it, which is very, very European. It's like we have this mm-hmm. single rule for everything with 25 exceptions. Um, But just because this is a fun thing the UK like to do now. The UK government were very quick to a microphone to say that because of Brexit, we won't be doing this. We're free to not do this, so we're not going to do this. Okay, good. Freedom! Freedom, yes, nicely done. Um, I have one notable number for the first time in a while. This segment of the show notes has been empty for a while, but I do have one that really caught my eye. The HomePod Mini was, according to Strategy Analytics... The worldwide best-selling smart speaker for the first quarter of 2022. Wow! Because it's the best smart speaker. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I love mine, um, and they're they're the only ones allowed in my house because I value privacy. There's no way that you know Google or Amazon are getting anything that listens to me into my house without sneaking it in. Um. So I yeah, I agree. They're I'm very fond of mine, but I just thought it was amazing. You know-
0: could part of that be – I know uh, uh, Amazon came out with three or 400 products every time they did an announcement and they were you know, sticking going, hey, look, your lamp's got, got echo in it. Now you know, your shoes, your heels, they've got echo in it. Uh, but then it seemed that they slowed down on that. Like I haven't heard anything about new speakers, higher quality, doing more. They've just been adding capabilities to the existing ones so that they're getting very needy. They seem to just start saying, "Hey, did you want to buy some? You haven't been on Amazon in like a half an hour. Did you want to go buy some here renew this?"
1: <laughs> yeah, um, although they're actually grouping them by company in their own numbers. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Actually, no, by company, Amazon still win. okay, yeah, okay that so would by, make more by sense. By company, Apple, Apple are so many third. models. Yeah. So that does that exactly meets your that exactly matches your expectation Alison. Um so by by number of total sales they're third after Amazon first, Google second, Apple third. And then Xiaomi and Baidu and Alibaba and stuff like that.
0: So that makes sense. Amazon has 238 separate smart speakers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, still interesting. Uh, it's a bit of a sleeper product, but maybe it's much more of a success than we give it credit for.
2: Yeah. Which would be nice. I mean, belief is belief is Apple may bring back a a bigger one at this point. So, that would be nice to see something you know a little more room filling because that's my only complaint about my about my minis is you know for larger rooms they you have to really kind of crank the volume to fill the space.
1: Yeah, I have. Yeah, Mark Gurman said that I think in his letter, right. Yeah, I have a pair in the kitchen and it works fine for listening to content. They do a good job of figuring out the shape of the room, but when you interact with S lady, it's only ever one that answers you. And then it's the one in my kitchen the pair have decided that the one furthest away from me should be the one to answer and I barely hear the English voice telling me that yes, I yes, you over there, I have started your timer.
2: <laughs> that is the same problem in in my house. We'll have one. I will have one close to me, and then I have the full size HomePod completely way in another room. And you do the s lady thing, and it's the one way in the other room that's like,
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I guess you want like, at least you're doing it. Right? At least you're listening. <laughs> hey
0: Bart, I want you to do uh, an experiment for me. I want you to take the two HomePod Minis and swap them and see if if it stays with the same one or if it goes. Nope, farther one away is going to win anyway.
1: <laughs> well, it was after a power cut they swapped. So part of me is tempted to, to just flip the oh. breaker. <laughs> see if they'll swap by <laughs> anyway we also were going to pay a brief visit to legal latest land uh, the settlement between Apple and the developers in the United States for a hundred million dollars has been approved by the judge although uh, she was a little cranky that there is 27 million being given to the attorneys so she's asked them to have a wee think about that I imagine they'll conclude yes please but she you know because she did approve <laughs>
0: she it. asked the lawyers to reconsider it <laughs> yep
1: uh, meanwhile, a big deal a couple of years ago was when the EU fined Qualcomm a billion dollars for their deal with Apple over, uh, it was 5G or 4G, was it must have been 4G chips back then. And that was appealed by Qualcomm, because Apple were never filed, it was always, fine, it was always Qualcomm. Uh, but that has actually been overturned, and the judgment basically says that the commission can't just accuse someone of being anti-competitive because... If it's a case where the only manufacturer who made actually working 4G modems that didn't suck was Qualcomm, then there's literally nothing wrong with them getting all the business. They have earned it by not making sucky modems. Ah.
2: Um,
1: And so that actually is quite a big deal, both because it's a billion dollars and because it sets a precedent that it's not automatically wrong just because you're the only player in the market. If your competition have failed, which in the case in the Intel chips were terrible, then It's not a problem that you have all the market, you have literally earned it. Which I thought was an interesting take. Meanwhile, the Apple v. Ericsson saga has uh, gone up another gear, or it has spread to another place. Uh, That is over 5G, and that has now entered the United Kingdom, where Ericsson filed a new suit against Apple for patent infringement. Meanwhile, in the United States, there has been a surprise ruling uh, from the ITC, the International Trade Commission, I think. I think that's what ITC is. That's uh, correct. They have found that the Apple Watch violates um, EEG, or sorry ECG patents held by a company called AliveCore. And uh, no one's quite sure how that's going to pan out, but everyone is kind of agreed it's unlikely that they will actually ban imports of the Apple Watch. But hypothetically, they could. So we'll have to see what happens in that case. Uh, in the EU for the last decade or so, Apple have been suing a Swiss watch company called Swatch who have a, a tick different as their slogan. And Apple sued them because it was too similar to think different and they have now lost. Tick different. Oh, you hush is what I would have said if I'd been the judge. Pretty much, pretty much. Just uh, stop. They've been appealing it as far as they can appeal it and they have now run out of places. So that is, that is finally final. Uh, and then yes, an interesting... Yes. Sorry, Adam. Sorry, just a swatch
2: thing made me think of this. Do you guys remember when swatch tried to make in the uh, late 80s, I think it was late 80s, swatch time? So swatch watches were so popular, they tried this concept where there were no time zones. Everybody just had the same number. Oh, jeez. Oh time number?
1: Yeah. Let me guess. It was like the number in Bern or somewhere in Switzerland.
2: No, it was just a made up swatch number. It was like 42 100 so i you know hey bart what time are we doing the podcast 100 and it would be 100 for allison 100 for me and 100 for you the time zone didn't matter then wow. we could all just know when we were supposed to show up
1: oh well, that would oh, be awesome time utc yeah <laughs> that anyway sorry no that, that's fascinating I, <laughs> I remember not being able to afford a swatch watch when everyone wanted one and now i couldn't care less i'm like oh they still exist huh
0: Hey, if Adam's going to digress, I want to digress too. I'm going to use my last digress point, I promise. Back (laughs) when we were talking about the uh, smart speaker sales, um, I hadn't looked at the chart that you pointed to on the Mac Observer. Um, So in total number of speakers sold, Amazon was uh, 9.9 millions uh, in shipments and Apple was 4.5. But interestingly, Amazon was up 1.5%. Apple was up 30%. Clearly. So they're half the size of Amazon, but uh, in terms of total shipment sales or total shipments, but they're gaining
1: at a rate of 30%. Wow. Well, A, wow. And B, clearly what we were waiting on was orange ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just All titanium. right, back to the boring legal crud. Yeah, where <laughs> I was I in my boring legal crud? Yeah, so. In the United States, there's a thing with gift cards being used as a way to swindle people. And uh, it has been, uh, basically, there's a court case where Apple may be slightly liable because they benefit from these schemes. And that case is being allowed to proceed, even though Apple had asked for it to be thrown out. So I'm not sure how it will proceed, but proceed it will, which is... uh, I I forget if
0: I told the story on Let's Talk Apple before, but I got a, a message from a friend of mine and uh, Dr. Marianne Gary in New Zealand where she asked me if I could buy her a gift card and she'd pay me back. I was like, okay, no, this is that scam. I've, I mean, it was word for word the way the scam's going. So I just wrote to her wife and said, hey, I think her account's been hacked. And she goes, no, no, it's a big mess, but she really does need <laughs> to do that.
1: Well, it's very hard to buy so, gift cards in another country as yeah. uh, as you have discovered. And a few listeners who've tried to buy me gift vouchers as a way of contributing to the show and basically got, oh, that's way too hard. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of times you need them if you want to buy content in another country because you have to have yeah. that country's credit card. So the workaround for that is you get a gift card. And then you create, you know, you switch your account over to that country, load the gift card under that account, and then you can use that money in that country.
1: Okay. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a whole big mess. Uh, now, Battery Gate, I've actually decided to dig up the emoji for a zombie because I think I need to start adding that to certain stories in the show notes. Battery Gate is not dead. The United Kingdom are rejuvenating that zombie again. A new class action suit that says Apple customers should be compensated because their phones were intentionally slowed down so that they would not break. Oh wait, no, that's supposed to be a good thing. That's Apple saving you money. Oh, the whole thing is so stupid. So stupid. Well,
0: they didn't they had to do this because they weren't working on the USB-C thing, right?
1: <laughs> right, of course. Yes, time better spent. Uh, But they were also busy on other stuff. Um, There is a class action suit that has been allowed to continue. Apple had again asked for it to be thrown out. Um, There is a class looking for 1.5 billion British pounds, which is 1.8 billion US dollars at today's exchange rate. Uh, as compensation for the fact that Apple's 30% code in the App Store must have caused anti-competitive practices, which must have caused prices to be too high, therefore we must be owed money, which is basically a copy-paste job of a silly Dutch case we talked about at the end of March. So, Okay, that is going to go to court. Uh, Meanwhile, this story is here in case you've heard about it and think it relates to Apple. It is adjacent to Apple because a former Apple employee has pled guilty to six counts of insider trading, which he did while at Apple. But uh, the uh, filings explicitly state the FBI explicitly said Apple were not involved in this. This is a bad actor, not Apple. Uh, but six counts of insider trading because the guy was one of the people who cleared Apple's earnings reports before they were published and he traded on that knowledge while simultaneously sending an email to everyone else saying, now it is illegal to trade at this time. So, oh, wow! like, how much more stupid can you be than to send around emails telling everyone else not to do it and then going and doing it yourself? Because, you know, if you're caught, there's going to be no question of what your state of mind was. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> really? <laughs> So anyway uh, Yeah he's He's in big trouble And rightly so Up for a Darwin award as well Yeah if there was (laughs) such a thing As a career Darwin That was certainly a way To do a career Darwin Um, He's he's not out of the gene pool Gene pool But he is certainly out of the Employment gene pool For a while Uh, One piece of Apple hiring and acquisition news. So obviously Apple HR have gone on summer holidays and it's not even Apple HR. It's the other way around. Uh, Disney have hired away an Apple arcade exec to head their next generation storytelling section. So that sounds interesting. Um, And maybe Disney are looking to do something more than just movies and cartoons if they're hiring a games exec.
2: Well, they do a lot of games anyway, right? I mean, they have tons of titles, So many on even new ones on Apple Arcade, there was like Disney Melee and a few others. So, I mean, it's licensed mostly and other, but I think they do have their own studio that, that does develop games, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I think they do.
1: Plausible. I'm probably the worst person on this panel to talk about gaming. I haven't quite gotten beyond figuring out which is the best game of Solitaire. I just re-downloaded Doodle
0: Jump and I played Solitaire at lunchtime. So, yeah, I'll give you a run for your money on that.
1: uh, (laughs) I love me some Solitaire or Minesweeper. I've become very fond of Minesweeper again. It's like, oh, it's back to Windows 3.1 days. I'm better at it now. Uh, Anyway, so a quick visit to Apple services and original content highlights. Uh, Sad to say that Apple Music, the student plans are increasing in price in the biggest parts of the English speaking world the united states the united kingdom and canada uh mm. switching to apple tv plus though uh the sports thing is happening uh, so the free friday night baseball has been extended through july so there at least another month of free baseball and apple have signed a 10 year deal to stream all of Major League Soccer or MLS in the United States soccer for the rest of the world. Uh, But they're actually streaming it to the entire world, including the rest of the, you know, obviously including the United States, but everywhere. And it is for 10 years, which is kind of impressive. That is amazing. My family's very
0: excited about that. They're big old soccer, crazy people.
2: Oh, now it is an add-on okay. service, though, right? You need to yeah. you need to get a separate subscription for most of it. They did say they're going to make some games available for free. They haven't they haven't explained which ones, but there there will be some free content available rumor to of, Apple TV Plus subscribers. But yeah,
0: I heard a rumor of five bucks a month. Is that has that been announced or?
2: I, I don't know. I'm, I not, don't a, I'm not a soccer so, Allison, person
1: because I'm pretty sure what I have on the show notes is the latest officially known, non rumored stuff. Okay. Um, and then the last story I have in here under Apple TV Plus is kind of an interesting uh, story. So for the second year in a row, according to IMDb's ratings, the streaming service with the highest rated content is Apple TV Plus. So because they only make a few really good shows, they do really, really well on the averages. Because Well, you could make a few shows and have them all be poopy. You could, absolutely, but it's just, it's very interesting to see that Apple are getting real bang for their buck with their approach of making less but better, because there's, I'm starting to hear talk around, around the actual office office about Apple TV Plus shows in the same way I did about a decade ago about Netflix shows, when that was when I realised Netflix had taken off and you know, regular folk were chatting about it over coffee, and severance, and those kind yeah. of shows are, and, and For All Mankind, actually, is getting a lot of love in the nerdy, computer-y people that I work with. A lot of love.
0: Definitely, it's Severance, good. definitely, uh, For All Mankind are, are definitely lighting it up. That's yeah. a lot of definitelys. I really mean
1: it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm darn fond of For All Mankind. Uh, Very
2: nice uh, I enjoy many of Apple TV plus shows and I agree on the, on the whole quality over quantity thing. I think they're killing it. And right now too, I think Netflix is losing subscribers or seeing subscribers go down. And I think just like the home pod, if I'm not mistaken, Allison, Apple's, like they don't have huge numbers in terms of subscribers, but the percentages of growth are very high for Apple TV plus. And I think it's because all of these shows are getting a lot of buzz and it's getting people curious and they're subscribing and checking it out. And it's only five bucks a month. I mean, it's the best value too, just in terms of a subscription service. I think the best value to, Quality content because I have Hulu, I have Netflix, and I watch maybe one or two shows on those. I've watched almost everything on Apple TV Plus and enjoyed ma- the majority of it.
0: I find I've been forgetting about Netflix We because we, mm. we're nerds. We use a database to keep track of what we're watching and mostly because do. we're like – we sit down to say, okay, I want to watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and it's like, I don't know, what, what service is that on? And so we have to look at our database to find out. But we actually forget to go to Netflix unless we go to the database and say, oh, yeah, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is on Netflix because it will you know. just get skipped.
1: I'm well, a big wouldn't be- documentary nerd and Netflix continue to Netflix have me sussed out well enough that their regular emails telling me about new stuff I might like are accurate enough that I do end up going back to Netflix mm.
2: The question I have for you, Allison, is do you have to keep going back to your database because Netflix is the one stupid service that won't participate in the Apple TV Plus so when I push the TV button I see my Paramount content, I see my Hulu content, I see my all the shows that I watch are there except guess which ones? The Netflix ones. And I'm I'm the same. I forget about the Netflix ones. It's like, oh How yeah, Stranger Things idea, is back Adam. out again. I gotta go over there and go find
1: yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. And I, I just Adam, so to get back to your point, I almost agree with you. I would say Apple are probably not actually the best value for but but they're close because Disney Plus are on the same price point. Mm. And they they are they have both new stuff, all the Star Wars stuff for a start. So at the moment, I'm well, actually, no, I'll just finish, I just uh, finished. Unfortunately, the Obi Wan was again amazing. Um, so I would say that the Disney Plus is, is at least as good as Apple in terms of value for money, especially with I the. Thought they ra- kids.
2: I thought they raised their price a buck, didn't they?
1: Oh, well, to be honest, even if they raise their price a buck, they're still they're still amazing. I, I, I know, but value. I'm just saying. I, I
2: think they did do a price increase. Yeah. if I'm remembering correctly. I don't know if it's hit yet or not. I'm pretty sure they did. I, I
1: I don't remember that hitting my inbox recently. I do remember Netflix hiking their price again. I remember going, huh, so your service is getting worse and your price is going up. God, I really hope the next series of The Crown is good. <laughs> or not. It's or not. Maybe money. then I can get <laughs> rid of it. Yeah, because it is our most expensive one. Actually, it's our most expensive one and our least watched one. That's wrong.
0: That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah.
1: Ooh, anyway. Uh, Oh, no, our least watch one is Amazon. But I mainly have it because I want cheap shipping on stuff, not because I want their television, Mm.
0: you know. (laughs) Right. Same, same. I don't ever watch Amazon.
1: Yeah. Um, In other news, Apple Maps in Germany is getting some major TLC. Uh, They're getting the new Maps experience. Sorry, no, not the new Maps experience. They're getting the new... um, not a Yelp really service from Apple directly. That's rolled out in Germany. So they can directly rate stuff in Apple's Maps app and it's not full of as much spam, one would hope. So hopefully that works out well for them. And I, I couldn't really find a better place to hang it in the show notes, but Apple have done a, a touch toucher-upper job on their subscriptions page. So it's now easier in the iPhone to get an overview of what you're subscribing to and therefore okay. to kill it, which is, which is always good. So... Our main stories for the month. To be honest, I've numbered them as four stories because this way we get to break up our content in sensible chunks. But to be honest, it's one story. It's the WWDC big picture. Now, the whole joy of this show is that we don't have to do a blow by blow of everything that happened because that's what Ken Ray and all those other people are for. So I have just picked the four topics that I find the most interesting. And it's this is not an exhaustive list. It's just a conversation about the cool stuff. And I'm going to start with the most speculative of the whole kitten caboodle. So our first main story is the future of CarPlay, because that was really just a teaser from Apple. Uh, the idea being that Apple want to move from taking control of one small screen that may or may not be terrible, depending on the manufacturer, to all the screens. And they're moving from having it be a standard Apple-branded interface to a partnership with the car companies to allow them to have a lot of control over the look and feel of it. The idea being that the car companies would get to partner with Apple and they would be good at making cars and Apple would be good at making software and in theory we all get a better experience out of it. The least likely companies to take part are the ones who are doing their own software as a distinguishing feature. So that definitely means Tesla is excruciating, unlikely to be involved in this. And based on an interview at Nilay Patel with the CEO of Mercedes-Benz, I don't think Mercedes-Benz are on board with this either. So.
0: This this to me is the best story to illustrate how I am not a visionary whatsoever. When this played during WWDC, during the big announcement, I I had a big yawn because I just don't find CarPlay compelling at all. I know that's heresy as an Apple user, but every time I've ever gone to use it, it's been on a little bitty like eight inch screen with terrible resolution with big cartoony looking ugly buttons. And the interface doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't like it at all. So I saw it and I went, oh, blah, 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 CarPlay. That's great. But it doesn't look like you just showed it. It's on a little crappy nine inch screen with terrible resolution. And I'm not paying attention at all to the fact that yes, they're going to change that by what they're doing. <laughs> Completely missed it.
2: Yeah, the I don't. I, it's interesting you say that about uh, about CarPlay because I have not had uh, a modern car until recently. I just I just bought a new car and I now have uh, Ford Sync and CarPlay. And if you saw Ford Sync, you would think CarPlay is like. God's gift to the entire world. Because I'm pretty sure the Ford car thing I just rented was a forks. Oh man, you want to talk about a crappy
0: Oh oh but that's it, Adam. Interface. That's it. Is I think everybody who loves CarPlay had the manufacturer's interface before that. And so that's why it's it's sort of like it it feels so good when you stop hitting yourself in the head. It, because it was a Ford that I rented the last time and compared to what I'm used to, I, I didn't like it at all, but it, I think it had to do with the display more than anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it so that's what's great about this announcement is that the, the problem with CarPlay right now, right, is Apple doesn't have access to any of the other controls in the car. They can only control the things that are on your phone. So to me, the biggest part of this announcement is that partnership, like Bart said, because they're going to open up ways for, Apple's interface to be able to control the te- the climate controls, the radio, that like all the other functions of the car. Uh, so Apple, you get you get to have the Apple UI and Apple screens and really cool looking stuff that works and actually a UX person who knows what they're doing has put together. Versus whatever the car manufacturers are trying to do. You know, I'm I'm sorry if you if you, you're one of those people building car manufacturer UI, but I have not seen a good one.
1: Yeah, well, obviously the, the the companies like Tesla, who for whom the software is as much a feature as anything else, are certainly doing a much better job of it than your your random Volkswagens or whatever. But yeah,
2: Tesla's an exception. I, I guess I should have said Tesla is excluded because they come from that. I mean, the car is basically uh, hardware a running on software. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. P- particularly the, the the Model S with the, with its bigger screens and stuff. I mean, the first thing Mum said when Dad got his Model uh, Model X, sorry, was uh, "Oh look, you have got an iPad on wheels," and I was like, "Yep," <laughs> and I like it. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, now, Bart and I could do a whole show on things we'd like to complain about the the uh, the Tesla interface, but uh, it does it does change the perspective a little it bit. It
1: does. are first world problems like they they are so the definition of first world problems like this is 98 percent perfect and gosh darn it i really want those two percent <laughs> but it, compared to now i i came from a 2007 model ford fiesta which didn't have a screen other than like an lcd that basically said the time of the day and the radio station <laughs> to a tesla so i i've been spoiled just a touch um But I just think if if they
0: can start changing all the manufacturers to to have a really good interface, like you say, by by modern UI designers, given the freedom to do it right, I mean, there's probably really good UI designers frustrated as heck working inside of the car manufacturers.
1: Right. But those companies now get to partner with Apple and they're going to be freed up from a lot of the mundane stuff to be able to focus on the bit that makes it Like it, it, basically they're going to be handed an interface that's 80% ready and be, and then get to do the 20% to make it theirs mm-hmm. and that's particularly if you're a company who who is quite new to the software thing or who doesn't see software as one of their distinguishing features if I were a CEO at one of these companies I would be just delighted it's like oh my god I thought we were going to have to become software engineers and now we don't have to we can partner with people and know what they're doing so I, I think this is an absolute sleeper feature, uh, but I, I think it was, um, was it Ren- I think it might have been Rene Ritchie who basically said, you know, everything in the car industry works at the pace of a snail, so this is going to happen, this will be important, but it will not happen quickly and it will not be important soon, uh, which I fear is true.
0: I also think the car manufacturers are going to regret getting in getting in bed with Apple in the end game.
1: <laughs> they may or they <laughs> maybe, may not. Maybe not right away. We shall see. We shall see. Um, Now, to give you an idea where Apple are going with this, something we are actually getting with iOS 16 is that there is an API being added to existing CarPlay, which will allow supporting petrol pumps to interface with CarPlay so you can buy your gas from the CarPlay display instead of having to tap your card at the pump.
0: Huh. And the problem that solves is card jacking?
1: Card jacking. And also the fact that you can, if you're on a company car or something, you can have all of that stuff managed through some sort of app because there's going to be a fully open API. So app developers can do off this. So you could then have a company petrol card that's entirely virtual. And you can Mm -hmm. have all sorts of dashboards and controls and things. And it would simply be an app your employees have on their phone. And through the magic of CarPlay, you would basically pull up to the pump, fill up and sod off and you wouldn't be stealing. You'd be auto magically paying for your petrol. And you as can long also actually all round. <laughs> yeah, another another interesting feature. Actually, you could set a limit. So basically, you could say before you arrive at the pump, I'm only going to pump twenty quid, and then you mm. walk up, uh, you start pumping, and at twenty quid, it'll stop. And instead of that, playing that bingo game that I used to always play, trying to get it to a round number because it made me so cranky when it wasn't a round number. Uh, I, I think I used to spend an extra five bucks every time I missed, but you know, because <laughs> I'm a silly nerd sometimes. But anyway. So, any other thoughts on uh, the shiny future of CarPlay? I'm good. You're good. I'm going to assume you are too, Adam.
2: Yeah, I guess I just got it for himself. uh
1: The next sort of category, because it tends to get overlooked. So, there are there are there are a lot of things that happen on the week of WWDC, uh, but there are actually two keynotes. Uh, so, everyone knows about the media keynote. And something that uh, John Gruber pointed out that in the media keynote they use developers, they they say developers will like this or whatever, and in the second keynote, the set of the union, they say you, you will love this new feature. So it's very clear that the developers are being pointed at in one and not in the other. So, it's a cool, interesting talk. difference here. Yeah, interesting difference. Yeah. Um. So basically. These are API-like things. So these are sleeper features for us, the user, right? So the um, the developers get to play with this stuff we're going to talk about now straight away, but we don't get the benefit until at least the release of iOS 16, but some of it will be slower coming. And uh, by far the standout feature here is that Apple are one of the first to get fully out of the gate with support for the new Fido Alliance feature called Passkeys, which is definitely the road to replacing passwords with strong cryptography that is immune to um, all these phishing attacks and all these terrible things that are plaguing us at the moment. So that is, right now, Apple have a a very nice uh, presentation as part of WWDC to show developers how to use it in their apps and on their websites. And when this comes to our iPhones, hopefully the developers will have done that and then we get to actually use passkeys in lots of places.
0: I'd like to make a plug for if you want to know more about the FIDO Alliance. Uh, we've got a couple of episodes that Bart has done on security bits on the NoSilicast. Do you mind if I sneak a note in there to, uh, to plug one of yours?
1: Yeah, sure. I, I wasn't going to do it, but if you're going to plug our stuff, by all means. <laughs> <only. laughs>
0: yeah, uh, he's done a great job of really breaking this down and explaining it to us. So uh, I'll put in a link to where it is in the audio file and in your great show notes.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Alison. And on a very related note, Apple have also made a new API available that implements a standard that isn't used heavily at the moment, but it does exist. It's where people who develop apps or websites who need to be sure they're not getting spammed can have a an invisible capture for iOS devices, basically, and Macs. Uh, There will be cryptographic work done to prove that the person is a human, but it will all happen at the API level. So it will happen under the user's visibility. And if you're coming in on a supporting Apple device, you won't see a captcha, but you will be proven to be a human. Uh, And then people who are on Androids and stuff will still have to be presented with a captcha, but that will be the fallback instead of the thing everyone has to do. And this is an open standard. So hypothetically, Google can copy not copy can implement the standard too, and we may get rid of captures bloody well everywhere. Which would also, if we can get rid of passwords and captures, all out of the one WWDC, that'd be enough. I, you know, that'd be that would be fabulous. That would be sufficient. But uh, there is more. Um Another big story for those gamer types who is not me, but there are lots of gamers out there. And uh, one of the big announcements was a the third version of Metal, basically, which is Apple's uh, graphics library. And as far as I can tell, everyone's like, oh, wow, this is really cool. This is going to make AAA games run way, way, way better on iOS devices. And people who sound like they know what they're talking about sound very happy. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't know anything about that, but that's fun. And unfortunately, Adam is having some connectivity issues. So Adam, who is a gamer... um, Is temporarily fallen off the call. Uh, He's having some. So the two solitaire
0: players will uh, tell you how well it runs. Yeah,
1: oh, (laughs) will we shuffle the deck, Alison? It will look amazing, (laughs) smooth like butter. (laughs) Oh, there you are, Adam. Oh no, you're, you're breaking up terribly. Yeah,
0: not not yet.
1: Not yet. Hopefully, Adam sorts out his internet connectivity. Uh, I'm glad you
0: mentioned it, though. So he doesn't just, people don't just think we're talking over him and not letting him get a word in
1: edgewise. Yes, it is uh, technical gremlins, I'm afraid. Uh, Another thing that I think is going to make all of our lives better is that Apple have given some serious TLC to the shortcuts API, in particular, how Siri and shortcuts work together. So an app can make itself available for use within a shortcut. And an app can make itself available for use by Siri. But Apple have sort of tied it all together. So from a developer's point of view, they get to have a two for one. And it should actually mean that both Siri and Shortcuts will do a better job of of making third-party functionality available to you easily. Oh, good. Good. So again, you know, we, we will benefit later. But for now, the developers get to benefit. Uh, and then I don't know if this is going to be a big deal or not, but I think... A small number of people will be stupendously happy. The Div- DriveKit is the API used on the Mac to develop drivers for M1 and M2-based Apple devices. So your Macs, if they have a custom driver for hardware, that's done through DriverKit. And iPadOS 16 on M1s and M2, well, M1s for now, M2s presumably later also now support driver kit from iPadOS 16 on, so people who plug custom devices into that USB-C port on those iPad Pros are going to get the ability to have custom hardware. Hmm, can you picture what kind of drivers would be needed? Audio interfaces and stuff like that, so you oh, could okay. just get more value for money out of the special buttons and knobs and twiddly bits. <laughs> That I don't understand. imagination in the front row asks the question. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it, particularly if you're going to do something like Mice? use an iPad, I think it's like, if you could sort of imagine connecting an iPad up to a telecast-like device where you're controlling a live show and switching between camera views and stuff, you could have yeah. all of that just working by shoving a USB cable into your iPad and then you're having a really nice interface. This, I think, is a real sleeper feature. I, I really think that this is going to do really cool stuff. For very high end pros, but it's going to make the iPad a a more computery device for people.
0: I think it's ironic that Apple is dramatically changing the computeriness of the iPad right when basically everybody said, "Yeah, I've been really trying to use an iPad instead of a computer, but it's not a real computer I'm giving up yeah i I heard a lot of that in the last year, and then all of a sudden Apple's turning around and starting to take advantage of the hardware that they have
1: yeah, it is interesting. Uh, And then there's also some other lesser stuff. Um, Xcode Cloud has now gone out of beta and into for real. Um, And one that I think may become quite useful is Apple have released WeatherKit, which basically is the Dark Skies company they bought. That is now available as an API. So an awful lot of weather apps are spyware because they have to buy access to weather APIs from third parties. And to monetize the weather API, they have to sell tracking and stuff. Well, if Apple just gives you WeatherKit, you know, free with your developer account for ninety nine dollars a year. Well now you can include weather information into your apps without needing to make them into spyware. So that But I, I believe you'll you'll still
0: have to pay the services for uh getting the weather, but it's far less expensive. That's what I heard some developers saying, uh I believe Marco Armand said that on uh ATP.
1: I will believe Marco because he knows of what he speaks. Except translated through me. But <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> I'm I, you- I might have gotten it right. I I believe yeah, it sounds plausible because I, I I do not believe Apple as of yet owns satellites of their own.
0: <laughs> but it was a better fee. It was it was less expensive, so that's that's good news.
1: Yeah, I would trust Apple basically. Yeah, basically, it's an option for not spying on people and giving weather. That just seems like a good thing.
0: Well, if people were willing to pay for weather, they wouldn't get spyware, right?
1: Mm, no, a lot of them are double dipping apps. Oh, nice. Oh, that's awesome. My favorite kind, Great. yeah. Ed, the, the, if, you, if you sell a weather app, you will be approached by really icky people because you have location oh. data. Because you oh. can't have a weather app without the, uh, without the user saying yes to tracking location. And that money's just too tempting, huh? That money's too tempting. I, I heard a developer interviewed who were basically saying that I did a weather app once and never again because my inbox was constantly and continuously flooded by icky, icky people looking, offering oh. me money for my user data. Oh, so. That's sad. It is very sad, but I'm I'm happy to uh, I get my weather from a German company who I believe are not double dipping and I pay them a whopping 10 euro a year I think. Um mm. but you know, it's it's yeah, anyway. Um The third main story then is goodies for existing Apple users. So basically, one of the coolest things about WWDC is that if you have an Apple device, you can spend zero money, be it in dollars or euros, and get cool stuff. (laughs) Everything else costs money, but no, WWDC comes with cool stuff. So there are new versions of every operating system, of course, and we're not going to go through them all feature by feature, but I do definitely want to talk about probably the most... I think the one that's going to... affect all of us the most every single day is the very big redesign of the lock screen so instead of it being basically you get to set a picture and that's kind of the only customization we have at the moment right right so apple are taking the widget design they already have on the apple watch and in fact they're taking the same api it is actually widget kid and they're making oh, it is the same one it's okay. actually the same API so developers who already have watch apps can bring those widgets with them to the uh, to iOS which is very handy for those developers and we now get to place widgets at specific points within the home screen we get to control the look and feel of the clock within the home screen and uh, we also have more control over the background and particular it's going to analyze our backgrounds for depth and then have the time sort of slot in Behind the subject, but in front of your background.
0: So my question on that, does that mean that the photo must have depth information? So it must be a portrait photo?
1: N- no, they're using AI Ooh. to find the subject and isolate it, which is the same Ooh. feature that's going to be available to us to have subject isolation within any photo well, in the let's photos just- app.
0: That lets us put dogs into, uh, into messages, right?
1: Correct, exactly. So you can take any photo and press and hold on the subject, and then when you drag, the background will stay, and the subject will come with you in theory, and you can drop it into messages and all sorts of cool things.
0: So this is going to be a meta dis- uh, point on that. Uh, um, apparently, Gazmaz said on uh, my Mac... I bet it can't do it if it's a camouflage soldier in front of uh, a bunch of leaves in in a forest. And one of the people on Mac and Forth, and I still can't tell their voices apart, one of those guys said, so I tried it. I took a photo <laughs> of someone in camouflage in front of a forest, and it still worked. And that was in the oh, beta.
1: Well, that tells me it's not good camouflage. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> It really Maybe, shouldn't but work.
0: still, that's impressive.
1: It's very impressive from Apple's technology point of view. It's the it's the camo one I'm a bit worried about now. <laughs> Good, point. Uh, yeah, but it's cool. Uh, so that is definitely. I'm really looking forward to that uh, because, for a start, just controlling the font would be enough. But having the uh, the widgets will definitely make me happy. But I'll be able to just vaguely look at a phone and really, really know it's mine because it'll have my font on it, etc. So that will that will be a nice uh, that'll be a nice feature. Now, you
0: said one thing I hadn't heard. You said you'll be able to put the widgets anywhere you want on the
1: screen? No, no. Like with the Apple Watch, there are specific places where you get to decide what widgets go there. And they're of different sizes. So basically, they're hot zones, like on the Apple Watch, where each watch face has slots.
0: OK, because I'm just picturing the weather widget right in the middle of my granddaughter's nose on the face, you know, <laughs> that I've got on my screen. And I would not like that. I would not favor that. So. No, okay.
1: no. And I guess you do get control over exactly where you put, you know, exactly what picture you use and stuff. Um, but yeah, weather is definitely one of the ones I I really, really want there. Uh, the percentage chance of rain within the next hour, in fact, is the one I already have my mind set on or my heart set on.
0: Mine would always say 72 degrees, early morning low clouds, followed by hazy afternoon sunshine.
1: We still joke about that in our house, you know. It's like, uh, yeah, the Californian weather forecast has been a tape on on a loop since, like, you know, <laughs> nineteen seventy.
0: Yep, just
1: just less smog than we used to have. That is true. Yes, um, I still remember visiting and hearing the weather for, the weather forecaster say, "There's a ten percent chance of weather." It's like, <laughs> isn't there always weather? It's just sometimes good weather. No, anyway, she meant rain. That's funny. Yeah uh okay so what else uh the next big feature i think caught a lot of people's attention was the ability to edit or unsend i messages for the first 15 minutes
0: Oh, for the, I the love of Pete. a lot
1: <laughs>
0: that's why i use telegram that feature is like the number well no the, the green uh blue bubble problem is what i'd really like them to fix but my second favorite thing is being able to edit messages
1: yeah and i'm so used to teams with my work hat on and my family hat because we have we have a teams in the family um it's it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, the ability to make up for silly typos uh, is definitely very useful. Um, I'm guessing you're very fond of that too.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Now, the one that I am, I understand why people are very excited about it, but I don't think I'm ever going to use this, is Stage Manager, which is a new window manager for both the... M1 iPads and macOS, where instead of it being like multiple desktops, you get to have like groups of windows that belong to each other, and they sort of go in off to the side and take up lots of room on the side of your screen, and then you can sort of flip between them.
0: So I think that uh, you're you're a person who does really well with spaces. Yes, I am. spaces work for you. Spaces don't work for me. There's also people who are uh, super um, particular about this window is in exactly this quadrant over here and this one's up in that over there and this one's always in the center here. And I don't think it would help those people. It's designed for people like me where it is complete anarchy at all times. <laughs> I, my windows, I, I should do a screen recording of a maybe two hours of me working and you would just see and then speed it up. You would just see windows flying all over the place because they're never where I want them to be. And I think it's because I want everything in the middle. The thing I'm working on needs to be in the middle. So if I switch to doing a text message, I need to move that into the middle and then I go back to writing and that has to go into the middle and then I need a web browser and then that has to go in the middle. But if I could have those in piles of context, maybe. It would help. There may be no helping me, but I was at least optimistic it might help somebody like me.
1: From your description, it sounds like they wrote it for you because it's called center (laughs) stage because what it does is it moves a collection of windows into the middle. And then when you're done with those, you put those aside and you take another collection of windows and put them in the middle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it? Um, and I have a, I have a huge iPad. I have the 12.9 inch iPad pro. So maybe I can deal with the, uh, the idea of being able to have floating windows that are slightly overlapping on an iPad. I like that a lot. I don't find split screen works. Doesn't work very well. Slide over occasionally just to bring in telegram to type something and then get rid of it kind of works, but I I would much rather having have floating windows so I can create anarchy there.
1: Why not? And of course, one of the places this will really shine, I think, is people who use external displays with their iPad Pros, because yeah. then you're talking about a 4K display with this kind of windowing control. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh,
0: yeah, not just 4K.
1: Oh, it does 5K, does it? It does 4K,
0: 5K, 6K. doesn't it do all the K's?
1: Ah, how many Zero K's limit? are there? Oh, I don't know. Uh,
0: the XDR is six. I know that, but I mean, oh. it could also do 1080p, right?
1: Right, sure, yeah. I mean, it'll do sh- shiny monitor, basically, is, is what I think we're trying to say. Yeah. Uh, another one that got a lot of oohs and ahs from the audience was continuity camera. Basically, you have an iPhone, it has a really nice camera. You have a Mac, it probably has a very poor camera because Apple made it. Um, so, or it has no camera because it's a, it's a Mac Mini or something. So Apple are going to sell you a little mount that you can hang your camera on your Mac and then... The camera on your iPhone will become the camera for your Mac, and it also will do a cool thing where it uses the wide-angle camera to give you a simulated overhead view so you can see what's on your desk, because it will de skew the wide-angle.
0: That was sorcery. That was just, I don't know what that is. By the way, um, I could put a link to it, but uh, somebody posted instructions for a... um, uh 3D printer for the little brackets that you can do, uh, 3D printing model for the 3D ba- brackets to put uh, your phone up on the mount no, so, already you in the show notes, actually, so you don't have
1: to wait for Belkin. What's that? It's already in the show notes. Oh, it is. OK, yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so, you know, there we go. You can indeed. So if you're a beta tester, you can also play around with the continuity camera, which is a nice touch. Uh, medication tracking then is another very nice feature. They announced it as part of WatchOS, but it's also in iOS. And I think for a lot of people who need to keep an eye on their medication, you want to have the least amount of friction and the most amount of accuracy. And I want it on my wrist, actually. Yes, please.
0: Yeah, I, 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 taking one medication, I can't keep track. So if I had five, it'd be there'd be no doing it at all for me. So I think this is awesome.
1: I do have and five, we... uh, and they're not all at the same time of the day or the same amount. Some of them are twice right, a day, some of them are once like a day, some of them every third are day. And no, <laughs> thankfully they're all every day. At least it's a daily cycle, um, which is something. But yeah, so I will definitely be making use of this. It's... I, I have one that's twice a week. Thanks. Ooh, that is awkward. Two doesn't go into seven. No. Oh, that would drive me nuts. <laughs> that would actually drive me nuts. Um. Another big one that made a lot of... No, it didn't make a lot of people. It made a small number of people very, very, very happy is multi-stop routing and maps. And so you can plan a multi-stop trip on your Mac and it will sync through iCloud to your iPhone and or your CarPlay. And you can actually have maps take you to multiple places in a row. This is one of those finally features. I, I usually don't agree with headlines that say finally, but this case, finally... So thank you, Apple, Adam for that. has
0: had to, to bow out of the conversation, by the way. He wasn't able to get his internets back up, uh, but I know he would enjoy that. I wanted to say that finally <laughs> Tesla just got that. So I understand the joy that people want of having multi-stop, uh, that we just got it too. And it was like, really? Gee, do you think?
1: Yeah, it's very normal to have a few things to do as part of the same trip. Very, very yeah. normal. Yeah and not just supercharging because i know tesla will route you by the appropriate superchargers but what if i want shopping you know, <laughs> supposed to just electricity maybe i do want more so yeah that's a nice one um another uh, i think one if, if it lives up to expectation uh, the home app is getting a major redesign a reorganizing of how things are grouped so it's not always by room you can see things by type so i just want to oh. see all of my cameras well you can go to a cameras section so you can still move room to room if you want to, but you also now can move device type to device type. And a lot of the time, I just want to know the temperatures. I just want to know the cameras. So th- this is a very sensible approach to give us both. Um, Any then, improvements? Yeah, it's just... It's <laughs> yes, good. please. Yes, please. Exactly. Well, yeah, to be honest, yeah. Um. A feature I hope I never need, but that I'm delighted exists, is something called safety check. This is a way for people who are in an abusive relationship and they need to do that thing where they abruptly and cleanly leave. It will guide you through unsharing anything you may have intertwined with your Apple IDs, etc., with your partner who you are now leaving, because that has, in order for that to be a safe exit in an abusive relationship, that has to be a clean, sharp cut and you really don't want them still being able to access your cameras and stuff so this is just great that apple are providing the tools to help people in that horrible horrible situation so well done um the settings app is finally not going to be stuck in this little window that is whatever the screen size was 20 years ago uh They're basically taking the iPad iOS design and moving it to the Mac in macOS Ventura. I imagine it's going to be ropey at first and they'll knock the rough edges off. Probably better in the long run.
0: I think you say one little word here. System preferences is going to turn into settings. That's the uh, the, the big money f- phrase here. I just finished uh, part three of a series of macOS tiny tips, and every single one of them started with, so all of my screenshots are going to be wrong when Ventura comes out. Oh. <laughs> but that's okay.
1: Indeed. Um, and then the other, the last one, uh, I think it... Ugh. I'm lost in my own show notes here. Uh, oh, Pay Later is coming to the United States. That's a US only feature. Um you will be able to buy up to a thousand dollars worth of stuff, break it into four payments over six weeks through Apple I'll Pay. I'll gladly not pay Apple you Card.
0: Thursday for a for a hamburger today.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, popular though. There is lots and lots and lots of more stuff. Way, way, way many links in the show notes. And then the final section I had which I'm going to give slightly short shrift to because it is getting late. New hardware much to a lot of people's surprise, the M2 has been announced, even though there is still no M1 for the Mac Pro. Apple have announced their first M2 chips. They're uh, being used in a brand new MacBook Air and in an updated MacBook Pro. And the headline is basically the M2 is like the M1, only a little bit better, or rather 18% better, which is actually kind of impressive. To be yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it, it is just to be expected. Okay, it's going to be faster, but eighteen percent was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, Intel are not managing that in their bumps anymore. Mm. So, nope. Yeah. And the new MacBook Air is an all new design. That is a complete new M series rethink of the hardware, and it now basically looks like a, a skinnier Mac Pro. It's gone for the same square design. No more tapered edges. Um, so. It seems to be getting good reviews. It looks like a gorgeous machine. Part of me is just a little bit sad because I always liked that sort of wedge of cheese shape. But yeah, I'll take it. You know, if if someone buys, if someone wants to buy me a new M2 MacBook Air, (laughs) I will not say no.
0: (laughs) I would really like one. I have no excuse to get one, but I would really like
1: one. And you know know what I'm going to say now, right? Hmm. If anyone does buy me one, the blue one, please. It's extremely pretty. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's actually a very 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 dark blue like one of those like when you see a car that's black and you're like wait uh, hey wait no it's green
1: yeah apple apple keep promising me I, I feel like uh the the football in charlie brown you know it's <laughs> like i keep on being promised blue things from apple and when they arrive they're like a gray that is apparently blue for the iphone or a black that is apparently blue for the, you know the watch i guess is the least not blue but it's still pretty Wait, not no, blue. No, the, the the most blue. That's sort well, yeah. But most blue is a positive statement. I'm calling it the least not blue to make my point. Oh, okay. It's still not blue enough.
0: <laughs> okay. I
1: mean, I'm being snarky. Um, and then the MacBook Pro is basically not a redesign. It's the same design we had before. But you take the M1 out and you pop an M2 in, and hey presto, you have a new MacBook Pro. Um,
0: so it's still the old design.
1: Yeah. Looks like a nice machine though. Again, if anyone fancies mm. buying me one, you know.
0: I don't know. I don't know. That's that's the 13 inch. That's got the touch bar, and it just it's I like. It. I kind of think I want a touch bar.
1: I don't know if I but, do. I've never had one, but, but, I Apple's, think I want.
0: but Apple's done with it. Apple quit it before it quits you. Apple's Apple's done. Fair, fair. Don't got, get yeah. one and then love it. That would be terrible.
1: That's a fair point, actually. Yeah, uh, I'll just have to keep struggling on on in my Intel based 13 uh, inch MacBook Air for a bit longer. Yeah. yeah anyway. Uh, that does it for our main stories. Uh, I'm going to do a few quick stories before we round it out. Um, the Presidential Medal of Freedom is posthumously going to Steve Jobs, which is interesting. I don't disagree, no. it's just interesting. Um, Apple are selling a two-port USB-C power adapter, which could be very useful in Europe in two years' time. And this allows you to charge two Apple devices at once and it will do smart charging where it will intelligently send the power to the appropriate plug so that it charges the appropriate device in a sensible way.
0: I would go for gallium nitride charger from almost anybody else before I would do that. Lighter, more power, more better.
1: Yeah, probably. But still, nice to see Apple trying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I think it was on this show... Probably the month before last, maybe last month, where I got all snarky about how Apple don't do software anymore and they're letting iWork languish and it's just dying and I've just lost all faith in it. Well, just to prove me wrong, iWork 12.1 has come out with a whole raft of new features, including the return of mail merge after a nine-year absence. No
0: way. Oh, man, I haven't had a mail merge in forever.
1: I used to do it with Excel and
0: Word. Yeah, I don't care anymore either.
1: But it's still nice to see actually genuinely new features coming uh, to that product line, so it's not as dead as I feared, which is nice of Apple. Uh, we also mentioned earlier about the stress of gift cards. The United States has had the luxury of having a universal gift card from Apple for a year or two now, where you don't have to buy a different gift card for the Apple Store and the App Store. You have one gift card that works everywhere. There's a, an Apple logo. That joy is now coming to Europe. So we now get to have one single gift card Which is fantastic because I buy a lot of Apple gift cards For family and I always end up Buying them iTunes gift cards and then they're like Yeah but I kind of wanted a new Apple Watch strap Yeah. Oh it's so nice having it be one I forgot how annoying that was Yeah so I'm very much looking forward to that And my you know it's a little bit too late For this Father's Day but next Father's Day My dad knows what he's getting He's getting a shiny new (laughs) Apple voucher instead of the old fashioned Apple voucher (laughs) And what else have we got here? Back to School Promo has been launched in the United States and Canada. It is a $150 gift voucher on a bunch of Apple products, which is not a bad thing. Sweet. Uh, And Apple have been given clearance for a test for using the Apple Watch to measure Parkinson's symptoms, which I think is very interesting.
0: So a friend of mine works for the Michael J. Fox Foundation and said that that is um, as cool as it sounds. She says there's other companies doing this kind of thing, but this uh, this data
1: could be really useful. Fantastic. I'm delighted to hear that. Um, Apple's support app has gained one of the most spoken languages on planet Earth at last. Uh, you can now use Arabic to get support from Apple, which will make a lot of people in vast swathes of the world very happy. And Apple have launched a way of rewarding the volunteers who, who contribute constructively in the Apple community. So that's basically Apple's forums. They renamed those community a year or two ago. There's now something called Community Plus, which is an invite-only program where Apple rewards positive members of the community with uh, you know, faster service and perks, basically. Uh, and you have to be invited so basically the only way to get into Community Plus is to be a good member of Community and then you get the upgrade a nice carrot to uh, be a good contributor so I like that and then finally save the date do you want to know whether or not Apple made all of the money in the world or just most of it find out (laughs) on the 28th of July for the Q3 earnings call (laughs)
0: That's a great way to announce it.
1: <laughs> and that rounds us out for another month's worth of Apple news. Um, I guess, uh, I, I guess I'll guess i plug uh, Adam's show since Adam, unfortunately, has had internet gremlins take him away from us. Um, For those two of you who don't yet know about Adam Christensen, one of the longest running Mac podcasters in the history of podcasting, he does an amazing show called The MacCast, which is not just Mac stuff, it's everything to do with Apple. But when Adam made the show, there was only the Mac um so it's called the maccast it's a fantastic show i listen every week uh, you will find it at maccast.com and adam thank you for the time you were able to spend with us and fingers crossed that the next time we invite you on you'll be all settled into your new house and it will all go completely smoothly and it'll be perfect
0: Allison. by the way i think he might be the oldest uh, longest running mac uh mac podcaster i'm pretty I am... sure he is Because I I know I'm ahead of MacBreak Weekly, but I'm significantly behind Adam. So I think he might be number one. He's certainly the longest surviving.
1: Hasn't pod faded away.
0: Well, that's that's all that counts.
1: Fair. (laughs) If you start and stop, I don't think it counts. (laughs) Yes, He may not be the original, but he is the longest lasting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Do you want to plug your also very long running show?
0: Why well, I would just hate to do that, Bart. Uh, everything <laughs> good starts with podfeet.com. You can find the NoCillaCast there with a, is it biweekly when it's every other week? And every other weekly segment with uh, Bart Bouchat's called Security Bits. And you can also find him on the Programming by Stealth podcast over at podfeet.com. All the good stuff's at podfeet.com.
1: It is. And Allison runs an amazing community because I, I'm terrible at running community, So I just send everyone over to podfeet community because that's where really cool people hang out. So go join Allison's community. Yeah, com slash slack. Yes, and I show up in there. I've I've been a bit bad this week because I'm hiding from the world at the moment. I've had some stuff going on. Uh, but I will be back. I'll probably probably back tomorrow on my morning walk. Um, but yes, I'm normally in there and I have been absent this week. So if anyone's shouting for me, I'm sorry. I will be there soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they know the wait. Sometimes. You come in and out. I do come in and out. That's sort of how I deal with society, I think. Anyway, I've been your host. Oh no, I should plug this show. Um, You will find detailed show notes at less-talk.ie and I do mean detailed show notes. Lots and lots of links. Everything that informed my thinking on this month's news. There are also large blue buttons called support the show. I want to thank everyone who has ever used any of those buttons. You guys rock. And the only reason this show exists is because of you. There are no sponsors. There are no advertisers. This is a listener supported show you guys pay the bills and because you do the show exists so thank you and supporting the show is everything from Patreon contributions to PayPal donations to reviews to telling your friends like actual human beings in person that is supporting the show and I really appreciate when you do that anyway you'll find me at uh, bartb.ie um, oh no I'm supposed to say let's-talk.ie first and then I'm going to say that I'm your host Bart Booshots. So you'll find me at bartb.ie and until next time happy computing
0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Five, four, three,
1: two,
2: one. And we are go. Go. Wait, go where?
1: the commercial guy we're recording a commercial for the mymac.com podcast
2: ah so we're recording the podcast now
1: well well, no not now at the moment we're recording this commercial so when do we go go where i don't know you started this whole go thing the g-men on the mymac.com podcast we have no idea what we'll say next